On today's episode, we recap NFL Sunday Week 11 and Monday Night Football in Mexico City. And Trump returns to Twitter, but will he? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome, everybody, to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott, and with me is Kevin and Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, Kyrie is back, and NFL Week 11 will keep you guessing, and social justice in Qatar, but not at the expense of a yellow card. But first, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda to Sideline the Agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Yes, welcome everybody to Sideline the Agenda, the space and place where we uh, confront people's platitudes with attitude, so to speak. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, 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 we sideline the agenda of the corporate sports media like we said up top. Uh, how's everybody doing today, gentlemen? How are we? Doing uh, good. Doing well? Good, good, good. Glad to good hear to it. Be. Yeah. Good to be here with all of Absolutely. you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to Sideline the Agenda. Uh, I guess we're all gathered. The World the World Cup is is uh, is afoot and and happening. Um, um, I don't I, I don't know if anybody's following this. I'm I'm certainly not. Not that I, you know, have any massive issue against the World Cup itself. It's just not something that I've you know been conscious of and looking to tune in. But I guess uh, uh, yesterday the uh, uh, the U.S. team played Wales and uh, they, they they had an exciting tie <laughs> one one I guess was the final you gotta love that soccer man you really do it's good old draws of yeah. 90, <laughs> 90 minutes of a one one score those those high scoring draws exactly where you where you just get to get to sit 45 minutes straight with a little bit of a break and then another additional 45 just for that to be your payout and pay off but uh you know i i guess you know they have that all figured out in regards to how the the tournament lays and plays out when you know you end in a draw i guess you get a one certain racket because oh my yeah. god I, I don't know I, I think you're allotted a couple of losses or maybe one loss i don't even know it's if, like if, a point system oh is it yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense so well that's exciting that that's going on but uh, i i did find it uh, quite hilarious that the uh, u.s team we had originally talked about this uh, previous episode where uh, there was plans uh, because of Qatar, where the, the the host nation of of the World Cup, they they have a, 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 a Muslim uh, faith background, um, well background uh, foundation, um, and and the laws of their land are therefore guided by the, the the principles as far as they see it in relationship to their religion, and they do not have a very high support or opinion of say. Um, those that are homosexual and uh, that kind of lifestyle. And of course, us being the West, we think we're, you know, the best and have everything figured out and think everybody needs to live the way that we live. Um, and of course, uh, we, we in, in an effort or in, in the name of uh, social justice, uh, uh, wanted to, to, to show our, our grievance and also our solidarity with the LGBT plus Q, X, Y, and Z community by um, uh, uh, really taking a stance, a hardcore stance in regards to uh, Qatar's anti-stance against the LGBTQ plus community by putting uh, rainbow colors on our crest, the USA team <laughs> logo crest, right? Because this is really going to get at them, right? This is going to... 
But, you know, th- that was problematic because Qatar actually has uh, 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 rules against this, right? Um, there's There's been several extremely conservative rules coming through the World Cup. Like, for example, big-time controversy of the fact that they weren't going to allow beer or the consumption of alcohol uh, during these games. So, um, you know, you're probably not going to have a bunch of knucklehead fights happening in the stadiums and, and whatnot. <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyway, um, also too, uh, uh, you know, signaling virtue signaling, you know, for, for, uh, the LGBT, you know, uh, uh, issues is, is also uh, a, a no go over there. And so, um, quickly, uh, the U S team, um, changed their tone in regards to the crest on their uniform, um, they, they had the crest. They were, they, they were going to put the crest or have the crest, the rainbow crest in their, their practice facility, which is not public and nobody sees. So did that for all the hometown papes, you know, to show everybody back home how yeah. virtuous and wonderful the U.S. men's soccer team is insensitive and, and, and whatnot. Really and, and representing. Exactly. <laughs> you know, them really uh, uh, taking to the streets here, so to speak, the streets of their practice facility. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, they then decided, along with many other European nations, that they were going to have the um, One Love armband, which was uh, a rainbow-ish armband that uh, the captains would wear, okay, on field. So they nixed the whole rainbow crest, you know, the replacement of the red stripes below the USA um, on on the crest the, uh, of their, their uniform. They nixed that. And then they were going to kind of like, you know, uh, uh, put, put to have their captain wear the rainbow crest or excuse me, the rainbow armband. But then uh, uh, FIFA stepped in and, and was like, you know, hey, guys, there's a lot of money on the table here and we don't want to uh, piss off our host nation here. And so, no, you guys can't do that either. And of course, uh, the U.S. team uh, complied, uh, tuck tail and completely complied uh, because what FIFA was going to do was they were threatening uh, uh, any uh, team member who would wear said armband with an immediate yellow card. And of course, they, they don't want to put themselves at risk of losing a game. <laughs> 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 so, of course, all teams complied uh, and there will be no physical demonstration, uh, visual demonstration rather, on field, uh, at least as far as we know. Uh, we talked about this last week, the ultimate gen- uh, demonstration, if you actually truly believed in uh, or against rather the, the the Qatar's treatment of the LGBT community and you thought that they were not correct in what they were doing and that it was true uh, it was a true humanitarian issue social justice issue a uh, human rights issue then why even go and physically yeah. embrace them being the host nation of this event you you think that a true act of courage would be Self-sacrifice. I mean, any act of courage requires sacrifice. It requires you to to uh, uh, not be the benefactor of just your virtue signal, right? The how yep. great am I? Look how sensitive I am. Look how woke I am. Look how wonderful I am. So in other words, U.S. soccer, U.S. men's soccer is saying to the, the, the world that, you know, LGBTQ plus rights matter just not as much as a yellow card 
because you get a yellow card, you know, then if you get that second card, then your player's out, then you're down, you know, and then you're only playing, what, eight guys? I can't remember. Is it 10 guys or nine guys on, this, on the field? And then you're down. So the chances of you losing is not great. And so if you lose, then you kind of go to the loser's bracket and then you lose again, then, you know, you, 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 you lose the tournament. And so you're not really getting the ad revenue money and all the additional monies that you'd be getting to. You see what I'm saying? Like this really has everything yep. to do with, with, with money. And so when, 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 when the money's on the table, so to speak, uh, and the chips are down, uh, uh, U.S. men's soccer completely box. They talked a good game, man. They talked a great game with their yellow, with their rainbow-colored uh, shield that they had at the practice facility. Man, they talked a great game regarding social justice, but when it came down to it, uh, they weren't going to let it mess with their house. They weren't going to let it mess with their backyard. They weren't going to let it mess with their pocketbook. And so, therefore, all it is is a bumper sticker. It's an empty platitude. It's a it's a post on your Twitter. It's a it's a black box on your Instagram. It means it costs <laughs> you nothing. It costs you nothing, and you do nothing but benefit from it by saying, look how great I am. Look how sensitive I am. But with a second, it actually messes with your agenda, your cash flow, your, uh, uh, you know, notoriety. Uh, then that's not now. Now you're not so much on uh, on 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 the same page. Now now you're not so much uh, wanting to hit the streets. It, it, to me, it's just so funny, um, and and it's just so hypocritical, and 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 ironically so poetic. How this just exposed everybody, you know, yep. um, that that Qatar. Like again, I don't agree with the their. Their, their values of their state. But I do respect the fact that they have principles and they yep. stick to their principles and they could care less about what you think or, or how you think they should live. And who are That's we right. to, to create that, you know, uh, uh, to, to, to profess or tell somebody else, some other nation, how they should be operating uh their lives and 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 I, you know obviously there there it's just it's to me it's just a huge disconnect that you know the the westerners don't realize that our values are not universal values and you know and, and when when will we um realize that there's other cultures with uh with a different value system and that uh, frankly you know at some point the, 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 those values should be respected you know um not completely, because, you know, I, I do think that there's, you know, human rights uh, being violated here, uh, you know, just like in China, right? You know, it's like, but yeah. why is one team better and the other not? Uh, uh, and then when it really comes down to affecting your pocketbook, you know, you don't you don't get to do both both things. You don't get to say how like, oh, how great am I standing up for for human rights? And then um, at the same time, when it actually costs you something, completely back down and just be like, oh, no, no, I'm just trying to be a good uh, uh, guest in this host nation. Um, it's to me, it's extremely hypocritical. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, uh, the yellow card turned them into a bunch of yellow bellies. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> People that have no moral like foundation or backbone show no backbone and have no spine. It's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a stark contrast that we, uh, we saw between America and with Iran 
Uh, I'll, I'll get to them in a oh, second. Yeah, but right. uh, another thing that, yeah, once it's on their doorstep, once it affects them, uh, now all of a sudden they change their tune. We just saw a perfect example of this. What is it? A month or two ago with the whole Martha's Vineyard thing when right. they're busting or flying those, uh, those immigrants up there. And now all of a sudden it's in Martha's Vineyard. Oh man. All of a sudden and you it was do only not like want those illegal was, aliens yeah, there. There's <laughs> only was like 50 40. of them too. Yeah. 40, yeah. The 50 of them. Show like 50 of them up there and we're in a place where they have they more gone. than enough space and place to, to house <laughs> yeah. these individuals, more than enough money to take care of them. And they were gone in less than a day. Yep. So much money, literally like tens of thousands of empty rooms and they got them out in less than 48 hours. So yeah, when it's really put, money uh where your mouth is all of a sudden they're they're coming up uh coming up broke <laughs> well but yeah we saw I, I just wanted to say real quick i mean like fifa the the president of fifa gianni infantino he set the tone here like on the eve of the world cup like this is what he was saying the very strong feelings i can tell you that he's reading this today i feel uh Qatari. Today feels Qatari. Host nation. Today I feel Arab. He feels Arab today. He feels, <laughs> you, see, you see where he's going? Today I feel African. He feels African, you know? He's, he's just like all, he's feeling everybody. Today I feel uh, gay. He feels gay. Good for him. <laughs> today I feel Disabled. Ah, he feels disabled today. You want to go a little oh, hitch in his giddy up, maybe? Today, I feel, today I feel uh, a migrant worker. Uh, he feels like a oh. migrant worker. <laughs> feels like a migrant worker. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's just, uh, uh, so he was he was definitely covering all his bases. Yeah. You, you know, trying to profess uh, uh, how, you know, it's just something is, is that, that, that uh, the diversity and inclusion is just something that you, just, you, you feel, right? Well, if he felt that so much, why did he fold right. and then require all of these? Uh, like again, th that that little presser cost him nothing. Uh, uh, but when it comes down to it, he can't stand up against the host nation and say, "No, I think it's perfectly fine if if uh, uh, athletes want to, you know, put uh, their support on display on the field." No, 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 because because you know that there was a lot of money attached to that that oh, uh, yeah. he he was like oh, i don't know maybe well, no, not so much uh <laughs> <laughs> it's just a it's a perfect lesson that all of this this trash that's been going on in this culture for the last 10 years that if people actually all the people that don't like it and i think that the vast majority of people don't like it if they literally just stood up and said no that right. it, it would just go away, go away. quickly because qatar qatar like showed said, us that yeah you agree with them or not bam they stood up immediately and it was like hey all you westerners all you a-holes coming over here trying to tell us how to live our life uh-uh it doesn't fly over here this is our country you guys and and you can live how you want to live over there but this is how we do it here and they shut them down and you couldn't see more of a stark contrast of of men actually standing up for something they believe in and risking it and uh you know iran of all places i mean that's another country that united states doesn't get along with right uh for good reason but their players did not sing their national anthem and they could actually face arrest for that and there could actually be you know really bad re repercussions for that because they've got something that they believe in they feel like they're mistreated 
in yeah, there's a revolution happening in Iran right now, and there's there's yeah. people that, like you're saying, doing things on display that that actually have like has self sacrifice involved. Yep. There's actual costs. There's actual lives at to risk. what they are doing. Not yep. not a rainbow armband and and a, a pat on the back sticker. from Na- Nike when you get home. That's you it. know, and and New York Times and all the the, the club. You know, these people are probably can't return to their home nations with 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 some of the protests that, that they're they're putting on display during the World Cup. And then you, you have these 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 white elite nations, you know, for general generality purposes that are that are, you know, acting like they're the true social justice warriors of the world. But, you know, there's just like we said, it's empty platitudes, it's bumper stickers. There's no there's no cost here. You know, and, and, and then you have uh, others saying, you know, it's like, let's not forget the West is not the spokesperson of humanity. And yep. you know what? We like to think that we are. I, we like to think and, and know that we, we, we t- tend to value humanity of, of all walks of life. That's kind of changing now in our country, you know, the way that our dialogue is happening, you know, or we're, uh, uh, we've got planks in our eyes over here, too. Um, yep. But uh, nonetheless, it's like the, you're, like you're saying, Chris. Like those those te- those Iranians have real potential cost, and and, yeah, and they are, sure do. are really making a statement um, that uh, uh, could could you know if anything lead to imprisonment. So um, he, he, it's it's you know where it's just so funny to me with where it's like like brand whenever branding gets involved you know or like i said bumper stickers stickers slogans <laughs> you know like th- that's when you know there's really nothing behind it um and it's just all for show um and and i think that uh, like we talked about last week then that tends to alienate a lot of people who might agree or disagree you know and and and, and it all it does is splinter the support for something that should be um you know a, a uh, um, uniting uh, moment. I mean, right. that's that I think in theory is what supposed the World Cup supposed to be all about, um, and not d- uh, divisive. And then when you have no follow through, like the U.S. team did, you know they 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 completely, you know, uh, uh, back off their 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 plans. Then um, it just goes and exposes that you, they're completely hypocritical, and there there was nothing really to it to, from the get go. And uh, so, so it makes people even want to follow this all the all the less, I suppose. I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't. know. To me, it's on brand. Ironically, when it comes to uh, the the great sport of soccer, rather than uh, rather as the, uh, the 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 not so great, you know, uh, ye- yellow card, yellow belly display. Um, well, of, it's of a funny bunch of men with kicking the, the ball. Yeah, it's funny with the World Cup. Like I haven't really seen like just scrolling through a normal Twitter feed. I actually see more of people trying to get like their virtue signal of, oh, hey, uh, I was trying to wear this shirt into the stadium, but they wouldn't let me in because it had a rainbow flag on it. Or, right. oh, hey, these people are, you know, not letting us do this or not letting us record here with our cameras. Or, they're, like, I see more stuff like that than the actual soccer games. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all <laughs> things going on about this whole West versus East kind of mentality than the actual soccer games themselves. Man, the USA's <laughs> the the USA's come out super consistent with their, uh, you know, very weak, softest, newish millennial culture yeah. ideology. They go out there and what do they do? They play for the tie, baby. They go straight <laughs> for the tie. There's no winners and losers here, USA. I mean, it's just I, they're yeah. What are they playing for? They're not going to last long in this. It's clear to see. 
Yeah, and I think it's like a perfect display of kind of the the liberal, the current modern liberal mentality. Liberal used to be like, hey, we're tolerant of kind of everyone. We get along with everyone. We're open. But no, this current version of quote unquote liberal is you agree with us or you or can't else. talk. Yeah, <laughs> you can't we'll talk. Shut you down. We shut you down. And I, I'm posing the question to you guys: Are we starting to finally? see kind of the beginning of the pendulum swinging back kind of seeing the revolution against this whole leftist woke society takeover are we finally starting to see kind of the the revenge if you will um yeah kind of the whole get woke go broke thing because we've we've had a couple events happen recently you know there was election wasn't really quite the red wave that a lot of people were claiming it was gonna be but republicans did take the house uh, we did see potentially a huge event with Elon Musk buying Twitter, but pose the question first, why was he even able to buy Twitter in the first place? Why was it even available for sale? Because of, I think, of all the censorship and a lot of the lost revenue that they had. So he bought that, and we know that he's trying to open it up. He had the Trump poll where millions and millions and millions of people voted and uh, the Trump poll to reinstate him and more people voted to reinstate him than you know, I think it was like 52 to 48 percent. It was fairly close. But is Trump actually right. going to come back? I mean, I don't know if he's going to come back because he's trying to push his truth social thing, yeah. but he's trying to open it back up, let more people back in. Is that going to open up the dialogue? a little bit more uh we saw that the disney ceo just got uh, fired and they brought back in uh, bob Iger back Iger brought him back in uh because you know disney's lost a lot of revenue they get been getting involved in politics a little bit too much their movies have been sucking they've called them going to war with desantis in florida shaping choosing to do that they thought that that might have been a reason as well yep they got a big blowback and then like all of like marvel phase four they're calling it uh oh what were they calling it uh, MCU instead of the MCU because they're just like oh, all God. their characters are all women now and you got a female Thor, a female Black Panther, a female Hulk. It's just every, what's going on. Yeah, that's imaginative. What if we take these male are, characters and we make them uh, wait for it, it's fellas, a uh, female. Oh, brilliant. You know, it's just like, okay, but is it so, a good story? Uh, exactly. Who gives a shit if it's a good they're story just, or not? They're, they're female. Yep. <laughs> they're putting out flop after flop. I mean, you even had, uh, you even had like uh hemsworth um chris hemsworth who plays thor he even like didn't verbatim say it but he was basically criticizing the the director that he's had in the last two thor movies because as you know the straight white strong male they consistently just rip on this character and destroy this character and he's like i don't want to work with these quote-unquote genius like mad genius directors anymore uh, I think he's kind of getting sick of it. And then you had the whole Rings of Power debacle with Amazon that that was a total trash. And uh, <laughs> like, so I mean, we're we are seeing a lot of kind of uh, a blowback against this stuff. And uh, there's rumors yeah. that they might they might want to completely just reboot the the whole Rings of Power. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of hopeful that that's 
potentially happening, but I am too. There's a lot. There's a lot to to fight. It's been a long. It's been a long time, a long frustrating time, and I think that a lot of people are fed up with it. I think everybody's fed up with it to an extent. I mean, like for example, just going back to the U.S. soccer situation in regards to this like pussy ass, you know, uh, social media gesture. Excuse me. Well, that's what it is. Social media gesture. This virtue signal. Empty platitude. You know, and it's just like there's no cost. There's no subs. I think people want cost. They want substance. They want they want meaning and when something when when people are just using these uh issues as ways to just uh uh morally bludgeon people that that don't agree with them and their agenda i think people are getting really tired and fed up with that it's like you know yeah. uh geez wait a minute during the whole black lives matters protest you know we were first we were all supposed to be so afraid of covid 19 and we were all in lockdown but then after the whole joy george floyd situation and people taking to the streets it's like oh well the science is in it's it's far more important to get out there and and, and uh you know protest for, for yeah. social justice yeah. <laughs> and don't worry about the covid 19 oh. disease about spreading it on mass it's not that big of a deal but then again if you don't get the vaccine uh you are contributing this is this is now going to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated and now you need to lose your job and you, you know what i mean like yep. people are going wait whoa what the fuck hold on why two of these things can't be true yeah. the, you and know none of it was true and none of it was true <laughs> and well well what well, one thing was true is they knew that covid19 wasn't really that big of a deal or life-threatening in that moment and that's why that they were probably okay i mean if this thing had a 30% death rate, they'd be like, what the hell are you people doing? Get back inside. Nobody go anywhere. Uh, we need yeah. to figure this out. Uh, but since it's like a 0. 0.0098, you know, uh, uh, right. you, like, okay, it's fine. Go, go protest because that's the, 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 uh, the, 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 the conflict du jour. That is the, 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 the hot button. T- this is the, the clicks of the moment. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think people see that they see the hypocrisy there. So are people getting fed up with it? Yes. Now, are people getting fed up to the point where they're actively wanting to speak out against it publicly and a put themselves potentially in their pocketbook in line online rather, um, you know, at places of work, uh, you know, groups of friends, you know, uh, I don't know. And, and, and I still always fall back on the silent majority is irrelevant and there's always a silent majority throughout history. Every, you know, everybody who wants to harpen back to, say, the Nazis and Hitler and stuff. I'm pretty sure that most everybody was not okay with Hitler and uh, the Holocaust and the Jews, but they didn't say shit. And that's yeah. the problem. And when people don't say stuff and speak up and speak out and push up against uh, what is perceived as the popular opinion, which we all very much know it's not. Um, then that's where we lose. That's where uh, these these uh, the the angry few, the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, is able to control the masses um, and uh, y- you know control the uh, the the way that uh, our, our society is 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 run. And and I think that I'd like to think that people are getting fed up to the point where they're they're starting to push back. I just I just don't know. I don't see it. Um, but I, I do see, I shouldldn't say I don't see it. I see moments of it. But, yeah, I'm hoping um, it's just the beginning stages where it's yeah, I really just do gonna keep building absolutely because we need it because it's like there's nothing there's there's no, you, you really hate to to look at our society and and where it's going, and it's just getting stupider and dumber. And it's just <laughs> like 
it's idiocracy, you know, yep. meets Hunger Games, you know, yeah. and 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 the the fucktards are at the Capitol, you know, wearing their most outrageous outfits and and uh, you know eating and fine dining on uh, you know uh, a wagyu beef, like they were at the you know G seven summit or whatever. Right. Meanwhile, telling everybody that they need to uh, be vegetarians or we're going to create a. a uh, vegan uh, processing plants and and give you the imitation meat that you are going to eat. Meanwhile, yep. we're we're going to dine on a uh, uh, top shelf shit here. Uh, it's it's not it's not an issue of of race. It's not an issue of gender. It's an issue of of the the global elites and and the rest of us. And but That's they've it. got us all skirmishing, you know, fighting amongst each other stu yep. on stupid shit that really ultimately mat doesn't matter. But but there it's enough of an issue to keep us controlled. You know, yep. and, distract and, and the is, masses. Right? Well, exactly. Yep. So I hope I, I hope that that people are waking up. I do think that there is a sense of ricochet coming back from everything that we've been seeing. Uh, as far as, you know, the past couple of years, I think I think you're right. I, everyone's fed up with this crap and everyone kind of sees where this thing's going. And it's all going down the drain, all consistent down the drain. Um, it's definitely not building a better world. And I think people, a lot of people via social media are actually speaking out on it. Um, you know, guys like Jones, guys like Candace, um, guys like, you know, Andrew Tate, um, they're all kind of speaking about all this crap saying that, you know, the West is pretty much, we're pretty much crumbling as a society. And the only ones that are going to actually stay up stronger, the ones that are going to, you know, not put up with this crap, like countries like Qatar and, you know, and, you know, pretty much the Middle Eastern, you know, where they, they know where they stand on. But, um, I don't know. I think that might be a whole different discussion, but, um, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, nice to see here and there, like with what what happened with Disney. Um, I think that might you know make a huge impact because I think you guys are right. Our youth, dude, our younger generations. Uh, if you guys are listening, please use your brain, use your <laughs> mind. This is why we have this podcast for you guys to see this, absorb the information. You know, search for yourself and then speak against um, speak against the sheep. You know, you don't have to be part of the herd. Um, this is for you guys also. And then, so, you know, we're not all going to be sheep, just follow the leader, you know, you know, go in circles, you know, as master says, um, you know, we're going to go against the tide and obviously we're going to give you information for that. And as long as we do that, as long as we do what's God saying, what Chris saying, we speak out on these moments, um, we can fight the curve and kind of uh, make sure that there is uh, this thing doesn't keep dissolving as we speak. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but on Sunday uh, out in Barclays Stadium, uh, at Barclays Stadium, uh, Kyrie Irving was coming back from a suspension. Yep. Um, and out there, they had a huge, huge group, guys. I'm talking about, you know, in the, <laughs> close to 100 guys um, out there from members of Israel uh, United in Christ. Um, and what they were doing is they were basically handing out flyers uh, before the Sunday's game um, that read the truth about anti-Semitism and the truth about slavery. Um, this is obviously right, right after... Kyrie Irving's big suspension from the Nets and all this from the owner. Um, and then even Boston Celtics guard actually spoke out, Jalen Brown. Um, and he was actually congratulating, saying that this was something that should be endorsed. Um, excuse me. No, this is something that should be, he should be, uh, everyone should be supported of, of, of this type of movement, seeing, you know, a lot of, he, in his words, brown and black people coming together for a better cause, um, but didn't necessarily endorse the actual message behind the movement. 
And this is one of those things that, guys, this is occurring right before our eyes where people are coming together, whether it's something you agree with or not, but they're making sure that things that they're being heard. And I think we're going to see more and more of this as we as we, you know, venture down, especially with this, you know, this president, a lot of confrontational, even um, situations where there's not a huge uh uh, understanding where we all want to just be labeled the same thing as what mainstream's trying to push. Um, and so they were just, you know, outside of the stadium. Obviously, I think they've already been pinched as um, kind of like a hateful group. Um, yeah. They, yeah. The, yeah. By the ADL. Yeah. Yeah. Southern Poverty <laughs> Law Center, um, yeah. which, I mean, who is that? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, who, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, I mean, uh, they were obviously leading with the caption of energy and trying to, you know, be inspirational to the point where it's like, okay, guys, you don't necessarily, you know, there's things that can you can back your position, you can back your your dialogue. There's there's you know whether you agree with it or not. Um, there's information here, and so they're kind of hanging out. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, this is some of the things we've been talking about as well as is a movement here to try to open people's minds up to, you know, different dialogues that are not so consistent with the mainstream that's being pushed on us and, yeah. and pushed on Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they're, they're the black Hebrew Israelite. I forget what the, the full name you, you said it, Kevin. Um, yeah, they're putting out just basically what they believe in. Um, they're kind of like their own religion. They think that they're the original Hebrews and that the the white yeah, Jews I, are the fake I'm Jews. Not, and, you know, yeah. yeah, it's not that I, we support I, anything that they stand for. I'm not going to support but, the black Hebrew Israelites at all. Right. But uh, like Kevin was saying, you're just you're you're seeing a lot more of these these counter groups. I, I, I too. would I would argue that because of the 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 reason why everybody are, are is getting so detached, people are trying to find meaning and purpose and responsibility, and if they have to twist the truth in order to do so, they'll do so. And and you know I I mean I personally I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, gonna back the the black Hebrew Israelites. You know, no. uh, at no, all, I'd, and, yeah. and um, <laughs> you know, think that uh, they're they're a bit bit of a fringe group, um, and so uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's all I'm gonna say about them. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think we we're backing them at all. It's just there's obviously a lot of groups out there not even groups that we necessarily agree with, but that are going against the grain of the corporate media. And as that continues to go, they're going to... Is that a good thing? Or is that, I mean, is that a sign about how bad things actually are? You know, I I mean... Ultimately, um, like I said, whether you agree or or disagree, I think that the the message is, is, in a sense, actually supports Kyrie Irving, that everyone has your freedom to believe what you want to believe and and honestly i mean at the end of the day i mean if you're a pro athlete i mean that should be pretty much your main focus your your main career so you should probably step aside from these kind of political viewpoints you know but regardless if the guy wants is you know believes in ideologies like you know some of the israelites again i'm not i'm not obviously endorsing it neither was jalen brown um but everyone has that right and honestly, that's I mean, you can't really hinder somebody. I mean, look at uh, uh, um, uh, Cassius Clay, you know, Muhammad Ali, you know, he he went out on his own way. But, you know, I don't think people held him to um, 
that kind of uh, mindset to where it's like, okay, like he believes a certain way. He's not one of the greatest. He's not a good boxer. We're not going to let him box or even compete. And so, you know, this is kind of once I feel like, and then just my opinion, if we get more and more of these, and these might be a little extreme, um, and I, I totally get that. Um, but if we get other dialogues where it's not consistent with the mainstream that's pushed on us, then people are, are exposed and open to, oh, wait, this we don't have to just fall in line like a sheep every time we see something on mainstream or say, uh, you know, Kyrie Erling should be deservedly suspended for, you know, leaving. He'd even leave a tweet. He left a link or excuse me. He didn't even um, leave any dialogue. He literally left a, tw- uh, a tweet of a link of a video. Um, and I think that that was... <laughs> you know, out of line in my opinion. Um, cause everyone has a right to do, to do that, especially on social media. It's like, you know, everyone leaves, you know, dumb messages on social media yeah. at any time. <laughs> um, but this is, if people are more exposed to different messages, then I don't, I think that everyone starts to, okay, wait, what do I think about this? And it forces people to take on their own understanding and say, okay, I don't agree with this or I agree with this and or a little bit of this, but not so much. And everyone has, you know, and we get yeah. it back to the right like, of you. You have the freedom, you know, to say or believe whatever it is you want. And that's why you live here. And that's what makes our country so great. And again, disagree or non-disagree, but this is our rights and we all have to respect that. Yeah, it's like breaking the control grid, basically, or even like in a free market enterprise for business. You know, you're going to have good businesses and you're going to have bad and and people are going to hopefully gravitate towards the good, but you got to be able to see it all, the good and the bad, so that you can differentiate it. You can see a group like maybe the group that was out there in front of that basketball building and say, okay, I see what you guys are about, and yeah, I'm not going to support that. I'm going to support something else. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of breaking the control grid, which, which I think overall it's a good thing, but there will be good and bad that comes out of it. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, But first, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda and tell your friends about the show. That really helps out. Sideline the agenda, get off the sideline and into the game. Okay, let's move on to NFL Week 11. Uh, A lot of things happened there. Um, Yeah. Let's uh, uh, go ahead and get started with uh, the Chicago Bears. Uh, they uh, took on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, and uh, the Falcons won 27-24, though I think everybody here possibly uh, picked the Chicago Bears to win. Um, the illustrious Justin Fields threw for 153 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He also rushed for 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then, of course, Marcus Mariota, he threw for 131 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, uh, what, uh, what were your takeaways from this game? Um, Justin Fields, you know, is, is, is still, uh, not able to, uh, pull his performances into a win. Is he, it seems like he can almost pencil him in for like 150 yards passing and then around a hundred yards running. I mean, that, that's his game. Um, I, I was kind of surprised, thought the bears would like maybe flip this score 27, 24, but you know, Falcons at home, they do play a little bit better. So yeah, I mean, there's nothing really shocking here. These are two kind of bad teams. Mariota and Fields are both kind of similar that they, they need to run the ball because uh, you can't really rely on their arms. But 
yeah, uh, nothing too surprising here. Yeah, one of those games kind of just wish that it was going to end. It did go back and forth for a little bit. Justin's field apparently had hurt his shoulder, um, and so he was griping about that. Actually, pretty much the whole extent of the whole second half. Um, and so now he's there's obviously under um, injury reserve, or at this moment they're you know keeping an eye on that. But uh, I think the Falcons got to give it up for you know NFL record Cardell Patterson, who's ran his ninth um, kickoff return to for a touchdown 103 yards um that was in the second half and then followed by obviously just a, a clutch kick by uh young how young ho ku um we kind of talked a little crap through <laughs> <laughs> we kind of talked a little because i wasn't about watching couple- <laughs> this part <laughs> <laughs> we kind of talked a little crap about him a couple weeks ago but actually came through for the falcons and actually pushed them through to the winning side so this was a kind of a back and forth uh game um just no defense and um you know a, a, a stellar play from Mr. Patterson who kind of, you know, put him up on top and, you know, good for the Falcons to get that game at home. Yeah, I think Justin Fields is still questionable whether or not he's going to be able to return from that injury uh, on Sunday. And, of course, the Chicago Bears are on now a four-game losing streak. All right, let's uh, change gears to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, heading to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. This game was close. The uh, newly led Jeff Saturday Colts uh, did what uh, Jeff, Jeff Saturday wanted them to do. They uh, ran, ran, ran the ball. Uh, Justin Taylor, or excuse me, Jonathan Taylor, uh, rushed for 84 yards and a touchdown, and old Maddie icing on the cake, threw for ton- 213, almost pulled off the big upset, almost beat them Philadelphia Eagles, but of course it was not enough. Jalen, Jalen Hurts uh, threw for 190 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he also rushed for 86 and, and ran, ran one in as well. Uh, for a touchdown. So, um, yeah, close, but no cigar. Uh, what did you think of the Colts' performance, and uh, what does this say about Philadelphia moving forward? Yeah, I think we we kind of all saw this one coming because with, with Saturday, the way he wants to lead the Colts' team, that's kind of how they should be led with, with the makeup of their team. Run the ball, have your veteran quarterback trying to keep you in games, not turn it over. And at home, we thought they were going to give the Eagles a really good close test but the Eagles just being that much of a better team we're going to pull it out at the end which is pretty much what they did it came down to I think the last minute and a half they were able to go in and, and finally take the lead uh, the Colts did have the lead for a while so good test for the Eagles on the road but they, they, sh- they showed some good grit to pull this one out but I got to say that their head coach is quickly turning into one of the most unlikable guys did you see the celebration he was doing after the game he was like oh god like, it was awful like, yeah so what that told me because he popped up and he was he was giving it to the stands right yeah yeah it, it, that told me that they got to him you yeah. know whoever was saying whatever they were saying to him during the game got to him to the point where after his little squad beat the other team by one point he had to jump up on the bench and yeah yeah what's up? you know <laughs> what now <laughs> to the stands to fans in the stands so geez, really? you're a head coach you're man. the head geez. coach really that was embarrassing yeah, if a player was doing that, I mean, that would be somewhat embarrassing. But the head coach. Like, yeah, if a player on. was doing it, that's just, you know, uh, the low expectations. But yeah. uh, uh, coach, you're supposed to be above that, man. Yeah. 
This game was a sleeper. This game was so boring. I was hoping the Colts were going to pull this one off and pull up the upset. It looked like they were, and I kind of was kicking myself for not grabbing the Colts, thinking that they would have pulled off an upset with the Eagles, you know, bouncing off, uh, bouncing back after a loss and seeing um, if they could, you know, be competitive in a competitive team. You know, the Colts are, they can be, um, you know, mainstream competitive. I don't think you got a great game out of uh, Matt Ryan, um, but he looked better. And um, I think he looked better because he started running the ball a little bit better, a more, little more effective. Um, this game was so close, obviously, because of the, you know, the turnovers from the Eagles. You had one with Jalen Hurts, fumble, and then also A.J. Brown, another fumble. And then uh, what really cost the game for the Colts was literally Jonathan Taylor's fumble. Um, that was pretty much crucial and then kind of turned the ball, uh, the momentum into the Eagles' hands. Um, at this point, I mean, the Eagles are standing at 9-1. Very impressive, right? But how good are the Eagles? Because now I'm questioning <laughs> how, uh, what is the competition they're playing? W- who are they playing that make them 9-1 and and barely squeak out, squeak out a win against the Colts? And I know the Colts beat the Chiefs, but only be- win by one point. Now, I'm, now i got questions. And now i got questions with that defense. Now i got questions with this jackass coach. Um, so <laughs> they might be a one and done with the playoffs, guys. And don't be surprised. You heard it here. Oh, I've been saying that all. Yeah, Scott the show. said that early on. They're going to be one and yeah, one and done for sure because they don't really play. They have the second easiest. My understanding is they have the second easiest uh, uh, schedule in the NFL, uh, and boy, does their record show it. Um, and uh, a lot of the teams that they play have, have seemingly uh, gotten worse, um, and and uh, a lot of bad teams in in, in the league. Period. Um, so I, I do I do see them continuing on. Uh, I can't remember what I had them final. Uh, let me actually think I got it in front of me. What do I got here? I have them uh, finishing at 13, 13, 13 and 4. Uh, okay. Originally, yeah, yeah. I was saying 15 and 2, and then I then after that Washington loss, I adjusted my pick. How convenient for me. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm going with 13 and 3. But, I, I you know, anywhere in between there. Uh, is 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 what I'm I'm guessing for the Eagles, but yeah, that 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 coach jumping up and, and giving <laughs> giving it to the fans, giving the, giving them the business, that was uh, that was pretty embarrassing. All right, well let's uh, stick with the AFC East, or uh, rather uh, head to the AFC East as uh, the uh, New York Jets uh, went to New England to take on the Patriots. The Patriots pulled off what was uh, I guess considered the upset, uh, beating the Jets ten to three. That uh, last minute punt return for. Touchdown uh, really definitely helped out. Um, Zach Wilson put on an amazing performance for the Jets, uh, throwing for 77 yards. I, I guess Robert Saleh, head coach of the Jets, is uh, uh, questioning whether or not he's going to continue if, uh, with Zach Wilson as his start, starting quarterback. I don't know what he did. He goes to Flacco after this. I have, I have no idea. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of issues uh, for New York, who, who's supposed to, to, to be a, a, a playoff contending uh, team. It's supposed to hopefully maybe make the at least the wild card slot. Um, big questions now up in the air as both teams now sitting six and four. It's anybody's game in the AFC East. Yeah, yeah that's really going to come down to it. And yeah, they got to make a move from from Wilson. That guy is just he's been a bust. I mean, seventy seven yards. I think he was taking was he taking number one overall or he was taking up yeah, really high that, when they was, when they drafted him. Yeah, he, he's been terrible. I mean, I would absolutely go with Flacco or. Fluco or whoever you want to call him, he's going to be better than Wilson at this point. Yeah, this Joe was a, a game of both teams have no offense. If they face a good defense, the Patriots or the Jets, they can't score. 
Uh, neither quarterback is is at that level yet, and they're facing elite defenses. And so it came down to the special teams, and and that's what happened with that that punt return. It's very rare we see any kind of returns anymore, so that was at least somewhat exciting. Uh, but yeah, Patriots are right back in it uh, as as far as wild card contention goes. But I think if the Jets can figure something out offensively, they should be able to still uh, beat the Patriots as far as uh, record uh, for wild card contention. But yeah, that, that was just was just bad offense. Yeah, I think head coach has a better chance of going with Joe Flacco for sure. I don't know if Zach Wilson's really got it. You know, 77 yards, 9 out of 22, not a very good showing. Um, I know the Patriots have a really good defense. We've been talking about it, but I still think the New uh, New England Patriots should be called the New England field goal kickers because Nick Folk really (laughs) is the one that's carrying his team. And honestly, I mean, looking at the last minute or last seconds, you know, uh, punt return for a touchdown, I swear I thought the referee was going to call blocking to the back. Oh, yeah. Pull that from, yeah, and then literally, <laughs> yeah, and we it was a three-three game, like bullcrap game. No one really cared about it. It was it was depressing. It's really not much to talk about. And I thought they were going to pull it back, but I'm I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they let them score and win on that drive. It was at home. Um, and I have to say, guys, I mean, this I I know it sounds kind of like a prisoner in the moment, but I'm going to say it. Watch out for the Patriots. You know, the Patriots are coming up. They're now six and four. It's a very tough division, but I do see the Jets kind of sinking from this point out. I think there's going to be some turmoil on that offensive scheme. I think they might have a decent defense, but um, defense can only get you so far if you don't have a proactive quarterback or efficient guy in there. I, I think you're going to lose. Defense so, wins championships. But with, without a court, I mean, that's true. That's true. But maybe maybe Flacco will get in there and do, you know turn some heads. But um, boring game. Yeah, the uh, Patriots, what, they allow six sacks and uh, the, the, the Jets allowed four. So, I mean, I just, uh, I, I suppose it was a battle of the defensive Titans and, um, uh, you know, any minuscule advantage uh, like a turnover here or a punt return there was the difference. I, I suppose you could make that kind of argument, but it, it just looked like kind of a, a shitty game. And you know who's not a very good play. You know who the Jets are really missing? They're missing old Geno Smith. Geno Smith, baby. <laughs> That's right. I'll tell you, Do you, you know the MVP quarterback of, this of the game Seattle Seahawks? Is M. Jones. And I'm not talking about Mac Jones. I'm talking about Marcus Jones, who ran it back. Because <laughs> Mac Jones, he, he, just, all their he just doesn't do it. They yeah. really, what they're really missing is uh, the running back. Uh, uh, was it B, B, uh, Beal? What was his name? Come on. For the Jets? For the Jets. Come on. Yeah, they're, they're definitely missing him. Let what was his name? Quick Google search here. Yeah, I can't exactly. Remember off the top of my head, either. Get get off, get off, get yeah, get get that uh, researched real quick, so we uh, look like we know what we're talking about on this show. Uh, he, I know he got injured. Uh, what what three four weeks ago? Um, but uh, he was uh, he was definitely the difference maker for them. Um, all right, you got that Google search yet? You I'm know, type it. you still typing? You you one finger in it at a time over there. Um, Barrios? Because I want to move on. Really? (laughs) Robinson? (laughs) No, they traded for Robinson. They got Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you pay attention to the show when you're on the show? 
Um, Brees Hall. <laughs> Brees Hall. Thank you. I knew it was Brees uh, something. Um, I said, I think I said Beal, but uh, <laughs> Brees Hall, they miss him. Anyways, let's move on, shall we? Yes, of course. Uh, the Commanders, they uh, headed to Houston to take on the Texans. Commanders uh, beat the Texans 23-10. I, I don't know that there's much to say about this. I think we all thought the Commanders would win this. Yeah, it's good to see Heineke doing his thing and also uh, seemingly getting the nod to be their, their locked uh, uh, starting quarterback. Um, Over Carson Wentz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, for sure. That's the thing. And, and well, I, they I did don't win f- five of the last six against. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know, a roll. I'm not hating on that Ron Rivera decision if he decides to go that route because I think that uh, Heineke's the man. Uh, he's he's definitely the one that they should stick with. Um, don't change. They also got mid-string. Chase Young coming back too. Their big defensive end coming back from AC Tower. They're going to get they, better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think they're going to get better. And uh, so then let's go ahead and move on to New Orleans as the Saints hosted the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams just, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I uh, The Saints beat the Rams 27-20. Matt Stafford played. He ended up leaving again, getting concussed. I thought to myself when I heard that McVay was going to start Stafford, why? What's yeah. the point? Uh, no point uh, as, as far as I could tell. And, of course, what I thought would end up happening did happen. Uh, Matt Stafford had to end up leaving that game, like I said, with a concussion. Of course, that made way for Bryce Perkins to step in and all the fanboys in the Los Angeles Rams world went, ooh, <laughs> yay, yay, finally. And then they and then saw Bryce how much Perkins, he sucked. Exactly. He's awful. <laughs> he threw for 64 <laughs> yards. And uh, he just, he, I mean, it took him like, oh, geez. I think he had the ball like six, seven, eight times before he even threw it. You know, he, he was just doing what he did, like just that, like, uh, like, like it's recess, you know, like uh, just uh, out playing the, you know, like yeah. kids playing. Just he just, just ran pick the ball. Up ball, pick yeah. up the ball and run. Exactly. So, I, I mean, obviously, uh, Super Bowl champs are now the chumps. Um, you know, I think that they should just kind of shut it down for the rest of the season. I'm assuming yeah. now they definitely will look to do that sitting at three and seven. They uh, were the Saints, uh, four and seven. Like, I mean, w- w- what are we doing here? Is there is there is there any really anything to talk about in regards to these teams? Unfortunately, go ahead. Kevin. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I think I think that there's two things. It's a microcosm of the Rams whole season one is injuries Stafford going out they've just been plagued with injuries the last several years they've actually been one of the healthiest teams in the league and their just luck came to an end this year and two is their bad scheme their horrible scheme uh, offensively and defensively they put in 2-2 Atwell and they throw a bomb for a touchdown and then McVay promptly doesn't play him like again <laughs> like you got this guy right. that is electric and then he you get a touchdown you don't play him again so horrible offensive scheming and then defensively Andy Dalton went like 20 of 23 for I I wasn't even that many yards like maybe 200 yards or so so he's just dinking and dunking because the Rams play their soft zone so just horrible offensive and defensive scheme and they they got a lot of changes to make shut it down make some trades if you can to pick up some picks and uh, yeah, it's it's time to build for next year. Yeah, I was just gonna say they made Andy Dalton look like a damn superstar, like he's Tom Brady <laughs> Jr. out there. Three <laughs> touchdowns, almost three hundred yards. Fire yep. that damn defensive coach already. What are we waiting for? Yeah, this is the this is the Rams are tied for the worst comeback after a Super Bowl yeah. win 
to the you in, know in the, history in history the first ten games out for of the, the first, first ten, 10 games, games. Talk about yeah. falling off a cliff <laughs> goodness well let's go ahead and move on um, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills uh, taking on the uh, Cleveland Browns in Detroit uh, against all odds the, the the Buffalo Bills were able to dig their way out of uh, of uh, feet and feet and feet of snow uh, find their way on a bus or car or plane or whatever I don't know they they got their way themselves to Ford. Uh, Stadium. They in, rode in, some in buffalo over there. That's right, and uh, we're we're able to uh, make this game uh, a game because there was a moment where where they thought that maybe it wouldn't even happen, um, and they ended up beating the Cleveland Browns thirty-one twenty-three. Uh, this went, I think, the way that we all thought it would. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, it's uh, another good uh, NFC, or excuse me, um, uh, uh, AFC. Uh, uh, ugh. AFC matchup, I suppose, a traditional matchup, but of course the Browns just aren't the the team that they've used used to be, especially with uh, their 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 lingering Deshaun Watson issue. So um, you know, not much to say about this other than uh, this this went the way that we thought it would. Yep. Yeah. Bill's yep. definitely a much better team. All right. Uh, okay. Let's Agreed. move on to. Uh, the uh, Panthers again uh, t- heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Ravens ended up beating the Carolina Panthers 13 3. I think this all went the way that we thought it would, other than the fact that it was kind of a lower, low scoring game and, and yeah. maybe underperformance by uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. But uh, yeah. expect that to uh, continue to improve um, or be an issue. I mean, that's not very profound, but uh, I do have some concerns about Baltimore Ravens, but still, I think they're safe in their division as the time. At, as it stands right now. So let's uh, head to New York as the Giants hosted the Detroit Lions. And surprise, surprise, the Lions pulled the upset, beating the Giants 31-18. Detroit Lions are on a bit of a tear. I think they're on a three-game winning streak. They have a better record than the uh, Super Bowl uh, champ, uh, Los Angeles Rams, Um, and, uh, you know, are are, are potentially building on something good here. I I, I don't know what's, what's going on to Detroit. And and uh, uh, is there um, any concern about uh, the now seven and three New York Giants? Uh, uh, I'm sure that OBJ yes. took note and was like, yeah. uh, "I'm taking the side door here uh, and, and <laughs> fixing my eyes on Dallas." Yeah, he's he's sitting pretty where he's just just waiting to pick who's going to be the the best and easiest ride to a, a potentially another Super Bowl. Yeah, somewhat surprising here on the road that the Lions were able to to pull this one out against a good defensive team in the Giants. Um, but no coincidence that these Lions went on their streak right after they got healthy again and they got those offensive weapons back because early on in the season, they were the number one offense putting up all kinds of points. It's just their defense was equally as bad, so they weren't getting a lot of wins out of it. And uh, since they got those weapons back, they've been able to start putting up points again. Uh, I did say a couple weeks ago that I think they were 6-1 and one at the time, that the Giants were definitely the worst 6-1 and one team in the league. I think they're lacking too much offensively to really be considered a, a, a great team. But their defense can keep them in most games. But their defense wasn't able to stop the Lions. So, yeah, 31-18, that's too many points to give up at home. And uh, Giants kind of got it exposed a little bit as not really being one of those upper echelon teams. 
oh yeah, and Giants got exposed for sure, hundred percent by the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions <laughs> took the offensive scheme from the Giants from them and said, nope. This is what we're going to do on you guys. They ran the ball all over the Giants, and the Giants had no answer. That defense could not stop that run. That uh, The offensive you know, front for the, the Lions really put in the work, obviously. You know, they scored four rushing touchdowns, and literally you know, the top three, you know, their rushers are pretty much you know, over 65, 64 yards, and it, they just ran all over them, and they limited the Jared Goff mistakes. They limited the ball in, in, in his hands. You know, he only uh, threw 165 yards. He didn't throw a t- TD, but when they're running the ball the way they are, he doesn't really need to, and they yep. forced the Giants, Daniel Jones, we've been saying this on this podcast for a long time, forced this guy to beat him, and even though he did yep. have 341 yards in the air, you know, he did throw two picks, so two big mistakes, and then limited the Barkley time, right? Mr. Barkley, probably the best team uh, player on this team you know he, he only carried the ball for 22 yards he did have 15 attempts but zero touchdowns so we limited that guy dude you're gonna beat the Giants and I think yep. the Giants got exposed yeah, oh yeah absolutely. well let's move on to a uh, Denver as the uh, Broncos hosted the Las Vegas Raiders and the Raiders won they won a game guys they, they beat the Broncos 22 <laughs> 16 quite the performance out of Derek Carr throwing for 307 yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. Of course, Josh Jacobs on the ground hitting 109 yards. Uh, Devontae Adams, one four one two touchdowns. Like, this is what this guy's getting paid for. Uh, <laughs> is it... Are they back? Are they... <laughs> you know they're not. This was just such a fluke, I felt, you know. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, uh, the Broncos actually looking pretty skippy in their... Uh, they're they're like old school uh, orange and um, the the, uh, helmets. The, the helmets the D the the Bronco yeah. uh, I love those I love that look yeah, I, I think they cool. should go to that um, but uh, yeah what, what are you thinking about the Raiders I was kind of looking forward to another crying Derek Carr but uh, maybe he did have <laughs> tears in his eyes but tear, tears of joy this time around finally getting on the on the win board uh, and 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 getting the Las Vegas Raiders to to a three and seven record. Um, w- what is is there anything to add about this game here? Just that this is the Raiders that people were all thinking were going to be here all season, but they they haven't been able to put it together until this game. And the Broncos they just can't score over twenty points ever. It seems like so they they were able to play a bad team and have their best game of the season. Yeah, the Denver Broncos are the worst offense in the league, averaging 14.7 points per game. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, I know, um, you know, you know, say what you will, maybe I won't harp on him too much, but they this team's overrated. They have a do de- they do have a good pretty decent defense. Derek Carr, I kept watching this game and I was like, dude, I don't know who to go for in this game. You know, I I think I want to see the upset. I think I want to see Raiders kind of get one year, just kind of put Denver Broncos in their place cuz they're playing them at home. I like the underdog kind of story. So I was kind of riding the Derek Carr, but he was crying all throughout the game. And this guy sucks. He misses guys <laughs> wide open. And I just can't help but yell at the screen and say, dude, this guy will open your eyes. Like, what are you doing? You're a professional quarterback. You're missing guys. But apparently he did get, you know, Devonta Adams for 141 yards with two TDs at some point in the game. But again, I thought the Raiders are going to blow this towards the end of the game because they usually start off really good. And why do they do that? Because they hand the ball off to Jacobs and yeah. then some odd yeah. way. They, they, they go down the field, and it's third and seven on the you know 
12 yard line and they trust the ball with Derek Carr, which was super stupid. And I just like, I see this time and time again. The guy throws a pick or he's a three and out and they go and kick the field goal, tie the game, go back in overtime, which is apparently what happened, obviously. And then, you know, they got lucky in the overtime to, to get the win. But this was, uh, again, a game that is not surprising. It's I've seen the Raiders play like this multiple times. I was more surprised with the Denver Broncos to how lackadaisical that offense is and just how overrated they are just as a, as a whole. Um, I know that the Hackett already came out and said that they released Melvin Gordon for fumbling the ball in the two-yard line in the second quarter, which potentially cost them in a game because they would have went ahead yeah. super, you know, big you know, at halftime. And that's that's a huge momentum shifter. And you know, this is the second time he's done something like that crucial. And so they just like, you know what, screw this guy. I'm going to release this guy let him go. And they already <laughs> got Lactavius Murray as well. And I, I've been saying this. They need to give him the ball and feed him more and more because he's a big running back. He's a big dude. He can brown and pound. And and you know hurt that defense just much like Derrick Henry. Um, I don't think he's as explosive, but he's powerful. Um, and they're not really utilizing him as yet because Russell Wilson. They still have this you know brand tag name on this guy, and he's just he's just not it. They just need to hand the ball off. We talked way too long about three and seven teams. <laughs> and uh, Melvin Gordon getting cut, cut, that's good. Maybe the Rams can pick him up. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's uh, uh, move on to the Dallas Cowboys. They they, they just demolished the, the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, 40-3. to three. Uh, Everything was rolling for, for the Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for 276 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, Tony Pollard running and rushing for uh, 80 uh, and, and, and uh, receiving for 109 for, for two touchdowns as well. CeeDee Lamb, 45. Uh, Gallup, 41 yards. Uh, this was uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys at their best. And as far yeah. as their defense is concerned, they were a, a complete uh, force. Um, and uh, it really helps when you get to the quarterback, when Kirk Cousins can't do anything because, you know, you you, you sacked their quarterback seven times. I mean, that, that that's a statement right then and there. So uh, what are you thinking about the Dallas Cowboys moving forward? What are you thinking about the Minnesota Vikings moving forward? Dallas Cowboys, of course, now are 7-3 and three in the NFC East, and uh, you've got the uh, Minnesota Vikings now 8-2. and two. Um, in the NFC North. Uh, What are you guys thinking about this? Yeah, the Cowboys, I mean, they obviously played the best game of the season, and they're looking dangerous if their offense can continue to produce. Uh, With the Vikings, they were able to shut down Jefferson, which a lot of teams haven't been able to do. But that's the key to the Vikings. If you can shut down that wideout Jefferson, just double him if you have to, or they've got digs so they can kind of put him on him to shut him down, then you can really... Uh, stifle the Vikings so surprising the Vikings weren't able to play a little bit better defense at home but they just have been pulling the rabbit out of the bag these last several weeks and they finally just met their match and they just had a bad game so I'm not going to take too much away from this I think Vikings you know they're still gonna you know win their division of course and and it's just all kind of going to be seeding now. Are the Cowboys, they're looking like they're for sure going to make a push to make the playoffs. That defense is elite, especially if they get ahead and they can unleash that uh, pass rush on you. It's going to be tough against any team. So uh, it's going to be seeding. You know, the Cowboys are hot on the tail of the Eagles. And uh, now they're hot on the tail of the Vikings as well. And now they got the head-to-head win. So... Uh, you know, we still got what six, seven games left, so it's going to come down to the wire between these teams. 
Um, if they play again, I would expect it to be much closer than what we saw this time. But, yeah, Cowboys, yeah, if their offense can, can produce, they're going to be a tough team to beat. This is one of those games that was just a huge, huge game, right? Everyone's watching this game because these are two prestigious teams. Um, and this was obviously a blowout. Let's just be honest. I mean, the Vikings got shut down. And I agree with you, Chris. If you put, you know, digs on, um, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? You put uh, digs on Jefferson, shut him Jefferson, down. Yeah. You force him to get the ball out to either Adam Thielen or uh, Hawkinson. Um, you know, and then you're, you're getting pressure on Kirk Cousins. He's not a good mobile quarterback. He's not someone who's going to beat you in the air. In, in essentially, you know, he's not really a reactive quarterback. He's kind of a sit in the duck, you know, sit as, you know, in the pocket, like, it, you know, um, and, and get exposed. And they, you know, the Cowboys have a good defense. They have a good up front. Um, I don't think this really says a whole lot because I think the Cowboys are coming off an embarrassing loss against the Packers. And then I think that the, you know, Minnesota were coming off a kind of a magical win against the Bills just the weeks, you know, weeks prior. So um, for whatever reason, maybe, uh, you know, Dallas Cowboys are out trying to prove a point and Minnesota party a little bit too hard. Um, we don't know at this point. I do expect to see the Miami, uh, Minnesota Vikings be in the playoffs. Should take that division, no problem. Whether the Dallas Cowboys can hurdle over the Eagles after maybe the, the Eagles could you know have a couple hiccups that's that's to be seen because they potentially have everything going for them at this moment and and, you know they might be able to make a late uh late season push yeah if everything falls in line for them um you know i I think every team's due one uh, uh one bad show uh, and, and this could have been that for Minnesota, or this was an actual statement game of the Dallas Cowboys. Again, I think that they are a force to be reckoned with when everything's rolling right, and everything was rolling right, their yep. defense and their offense. Uh, if they can continue that, they can beat just about anybody in the league. So um, I, everybody took note and is taking note, including OBJ, uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I expect that deal to happen for quickly. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, or it's going to be a surprise deal. He's going to end up going somewhere else like Kansas City. But that said, uh, I, I think that um, Minnesota's owed one, and it's all good. It was, it's going to be interesting to see how they back bounce back next week. Um, and uh, they, they they definitely should, uh, you know, because uh, they're, they're they're. I mean, actually, not necessarily because they're playing the, the the Patriots, you know, at home, but they're playing the Patriots. So so yep. we'll we'll see. This is this is get, the football's getting good, definitely in the Easts. Across the board, that, that seems to be the only area of interest where, because everything's just so tight, um, love to see that play out. Let's move on to the, the Cincinnati Bengals. They uh, took on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, Bengals ended up beating the Steelers 37 uh, 30. The story, of course, was Joe Burrow threw for 355 yards and four touchdowns. Did throw two picks, however, but uh, that's still uh, quite the performance. Uh, by the uh, Bengals quarterback. Uh, and of course, they were wearing those uh, snow leopard whites, um, which are just so, you know, uh, uh, Vegas to me. So uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Zebras. Like, yeah. <laughs> Zebras. There you go. Didn't you call them skunks once, Kevin? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to spend don't sp- don't want to spend too much uh, time on this other than the fact that you have the Cincinnati Bengals now nipping at the heels of the Baltimore Ravens sitting at uh, six and four now. Uh, do, does this continue? This momentum yeah they're definitely trending up they have been for several weeks and to go into pittsburgh divisional game it's always close was much higher scoring than i i thought but burrow put up a big game which he's clearly capable of doing so if if he's kind of the key you know if he plays well then the Bengals they can they can play with anyone i thought this game was actually going to go towards the pittsburgh but uh i just realized that uh you know pickett 
he's just not good. He's just not a good quarterback. He's just not ready. He's missing wide open receivers. Even the coach was frustrated. Everyone would look like in, in the stadium wanted him to do so much better, but he's just not there. He doesn't have the capacity yet. He may be good in the future. Who knows? I don't know. I don't see it, but um, he's just not very good, and he wasn't efficient, and obviously the Steelers you know, came up short. Let's move on to the battle of who's best in the AFC West as the Kansas City Chiefs traveled to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. The Chiefs ended up winning this game 30-27. to um, Kelsey having a historic game uh, and uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing for 329 yards, uh, three touchdowns, and, and I guess you can guess who uh, caught those touchdowns. Of course, Travis Kelsey uh, catching himself some payback uh, against the Chargers. Um, Chargers now uh, they're five and five, uh, kind of fighting for um, you know relevance within the AFC in general for a wild wild card slot, uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, uh, looking pretty and top of their division at eight and two, and potentially uh, that one seed of the league. Um, what did you guys think about this game, and and uh, what are your thoughts about these teams moving forward? I thought there's a couple keys to this game. One was the Mike Williams ankle injury because it looked like when he was in the game with him and Allen that the Chargers were were kind of – the Chiefs weren't able to stop him. And I thought the Chargers were easily going to take this one, Um, especially after the Chiefs kind of made a couple bonehead plays uh, in the first half to really open the door for the Chargers, and, and they took advantage. And there was a couple no-calls there that I thought were kind of sketch on the uh, some of those pass interferences that, that didn't go the Chiefs' way. But, you know, that that's always part of the game. Um, so they, they kind of – once that injury happened, I feel like the Chiefs' defense was able to kind of zero in a little bit more and slow down the Chargers, uh, which gave them the opportunity to come back and score, which, which they did, even though they were shorthanded themselves – you know, they're missing Schuster, they're missing Hardman. Uh, even Tony went out, I think, with a hamstring. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are playing a lot of their second and third stringers. You know, of course, you still got Kelsey out there, which is which is the big man <laughs> of the game. And he was, they just didn't have an answer for him. So it took, a, 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 I want to say, a miracle drive because uh, we've seen better drives. We've seen 13-second drives before with these Chiefs. But it was, what, a minute and a half, give or take, with two timeouts. Uh, you know, they're down four. So it took a great late game drive by the Chiefs uh, on the road, and, and they were able to do it. They were able to pull it out. And uh, to your point, Scott, yeah, I think uh, OBJ is sitting over there is like, is it Cowboys? Is it Chiefs? Is it Cowboys? Is it Chiefs? Right. Like weighing those options. I mean, I know what I'm picking. Like, go with the better quarterback. Go with the Heck Chiefs. Yeah, if, and, if and you're also smart. you'd be the better the the better uh, um, target. You know, yeah. like I, I don't know. I suppose it's fairly even, but uh, he'd still be the the he, number two or three. Yeah. But you're still gonna get. A, I mean, they pass the ball so much. You're gonna get your looks. You're gonna get your catches. Right. And you can be. You know, I don't know if you'd be the difference maker, but you can be a difference. But if he wants that limelight, you know, and try to be the number one guy, he could go over to. Dallas and compete with CeeDee Lamb for that. But yeah, Dak Prescott or Mahomes. I mean, I think it's an easy pick, but Cowboys do have a much better defense, especially with that pass rush. So I, I don't know. We'll see. He's probably going to come down to money. But um, yeah, Chiefs, uh, I, they didn't, I don't think they played their best game, especially in the first half, but it just shows you um, the talent of, of that offense, the, of that quarterback. They're, they're never out of it. 
and they came back and pulled it out. The AFC West, they play each other so well. You know, all these teams, they know each other. They gear up for each other during the summer. You know, they, they prep for these teams. You know, I guarantee the Chargers, and, you know, on the on, even on the sideline, they wanted this game, and this was a, a, an amazing game, guys. Even with the injuries, you know, the, the deductions of starters on both lineups, um, I think I agree with you absolutely. Williams, that injury, that was very costly for the Chargers. Without him, um, it made it more of a game, but with him, it was definitely a handicap. I don't think the Chiefs have a, a good defense to where they could even start uh, stop the, the Chargers. I think the Chargers, you know, have Eckler. They have all these playmakers where they can get the ball out to him. And let's be honest, Herbert was not faced with any pass rush at all during the game, and he literally had all de- all time in the world to you know make his completions. You know, he's throwing the ball all over the place, much like Patrick Mahomes. And this was just a you know fantastic game. I think for for sure, you know, uh, the Chiefs have found something now finally with Isaiah Pacheco. Um, yeah. Yeah. The only thing I would say with him is if he could get to the sidelines, you know, get around the tackles more. Uh, I've been saying this over and over, but he just the, these running backs they just try to keep running it up the gut, and that's not the answer. They got to go to the outside because I keep seeing holes where it's, you know 10, 12 yards or there's an open space or no one's at, and you know they're just not doing it. I guess you know, maybe the running back coach or whoever they're just forcing them to go right up the middle, um, and it's it's kind of it's crucial. But this is the first rushing, um, you know game for the Chiefs where they had someone rush over 100 yards for you know over a season now. Um, the last time we did it was early last season in, in the 2021 season. Um, so it's nice to see the Chiefs doing it. I do think the Chiefs kind of lucked out with this one um, because their defense needs work. They don't, they're not getting the pass rush. You know, they're, they're got what, six rookies in the defensive back um, where they're swapping in and out of the game, you know. Um, it's just not a good look. Number six, Cooks, he's very weak out there. And then you do have some good rookies, you know, um, uh, Williams on the end. And um, so there's a lot of progress they need to make. And, and so as far as the first seed team, I'm kind of, uh, kind of, it makes me kind of um, uneasy about that because uh, there's a, there's just a lot of opportunities there for, for growth. And then the Chargers, I think they'll be okay. I think um, the confidence Herbert has with Williams and Keenan Allen back on the field. I think that's going to boost them up. I, th- I think they'll start winning some games and we'll see them more in contention and, and closer to you know tailing the Chiefs in that division and, and probably see him pick up a wild card in the AFC. Travis Kelsey passed Gronk for uh, most 100-yard reception games by a tight end in NFL history at 33, and uh, Patrick Mahomes is now 14-0 in road games versus AFC West, the second-longest win streak by a starting quarterback in road division games since the 1970 merger, trailing only Hall of Famer Joe Montana's 20-game road divisional win streak from 1984 to 1993 how about that uh speaking of uh, the 49ers let's move to uh monday night football as the san francisco 49ers took on the phoenix cardinals the arizona cardinals i can't ever keep track of which one they technically are <laughs> the uh the uh, arizona cardinals of phoenix <laughs> the phoenix cardinals of arizona uh and in mexico city of course this was supposed to be a home game for the phoenix cardinals though it definitely did not feel like it it was a sea of red, but not that cardinal red. It was uh, mostly 49er fans uh, in this game, rightly so, because this game was all 49ers. And uh, more more specifically, it was all Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo throwing for 228 yards and four touchdown passes. Um, 
clearly the best team in the NFC West, and I imagine that they will continue to be so. I don't think that, that this position is going to change for them. Um, of course, uh, the NFC West, uh, Arizona Cardinals, they're, they're a bust, as are the Rams. The only potential team in contention would be those Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but um, if for, for my money, I, I'm uh, the 49ers are looking great defensive-wise, offensive-wise. I think that they are the team to beat. Um, so what do you think of the 49ers uh, moving forward for the rest of the season? Yeah, absolutely. Their defense is elite, and their offense with all those weapons they got now is uh, is, is, is humming pretty well. So not surprised they, they blew out the Cardinals. The uh, Cardinals kept it somewhat close the first half, but they just, they just couldn't keep up, especially with the backup quarterback, uh, even though that quarterback looked amazing against the, Ra- the Rams a couple weeks ago, but who doesn't? Um, yeah, I, the 49ers, man, they're going to be a team that, I mean, you're talking about the Vikings and the Cowboys and the Eagles. like They're not going to want to play this 49er team in the playoffs. You saw what they did to the Packers last year uh, on the road. It doesn't matter if they're on the road or at home. Um, so they're, they're going to be a tough team, providing they, uh, they all stay healthy. So not surprised at this blowout at all. Yeah, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but I'm going to say this. I think San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. I know they don't have the best record, but I do think that they're a better all-around team, better than the Eagles, better than the Cowboys, better than the Vikings. I think they have a really good, strong offense. And just watching how they moved Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel to the slot back, to the, to the running back, and just the movement was pretty scary, guys. When they're three and four, a quick let out to one of these guys who are quick enough to – create space I mean that's an easy easy completion easy first down for them they can nickel and dime that all day long um, they have a really good defense as well Chavarius Ward on the back end um, on the front you know they have um, you know what's his face the, on the end um, uh, Bosa yeah Bosa there you go yeah, on the end linebackers great Dude, yeah, they're they're yeah, going to they be great they're, players. they're good and they're kind of a sleep, they're coming in as a sleeper so even more of an upper hand for them where they're coming in kind of like an underdog where no one's really talking about it right now. But I will say it was disturbingly disgusting how many 49er fans <laughs> were in Mexico City. I swear when they <laughs> scored it sounded like a damn tidal wave. Like what the f- what's going on here? <laughs> um, that's what I love about Frisco fans. You, you got to wait till they win to start seeing all these bandwagoner, you know, Frisco 80s Frisco <laughs> fans to start coming they, out they just get shipped they just get shipped all the uh uh old uh, 49ers gear of 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 the super bowls that they don't win <laughs> that's why they look like it's a bunch of a bunch of fans down there they all had the, the 49er 2020 super bowl champions <laughs> right. oh my god of course we kid we kid we're just making fun uh but uh of course yeah there's there's definitely a lot of 49ers fans down there um and i agree with you kevin uh, not to to read visit the old adage that uh, defense wins championships, but when it comes down to the AFC, excuse me, the NFC, it's going to be very interesting because of course the 49ers have an elite defense. You know, we, we know this, but uh, of course you can't sleep on the Cowboys. They put that yeah. on display and you've For got sure. the Eagles as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not as confident with the Vikings as far as their defense is concerned. So what this is going to be a very interesting playoffs when it comes to the NFC and it's going to come down 
down to defense. It's going to come down to positioning. Um, and uh, it's going to be good. It really is. And and, and this is going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how this the, the rest of this season plays off. Just as long as the Bucks go down, uh, I think I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yes, I, I think that uh, the defense is, is going to be the exciting aspect for sure. Um, yeah, so I, I guess that's it. Uh, real quick, uh, program note, we're going to, you know, Thanksgiving is, is, of course, this Thursday, and we're going to take the day off. We wish everybody here and those of you listening a, a very happy Thanksgiving. Happy um, Thanksgiving. We, we, can, we can really yes. quickly, if you want, uh, you know, look at those matchups. I don't think it really matters. We've got, uh, what, the, the Pittsburgh, uh, uh, or excuse me, the, the, the Bills playing the Lions. We expect the Bills to win, I'm sure. Giants and Cowboys, that should be interesting, of course, on Thanksgiving Day. I'm, I, I'm picking the uh, the Cowboys. But then, I, of course, you should back up and say on Thanksgiving Day, technically, you should, you should pick the Lions because they, they traditionally win on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> they, they definitely do. And then, of course, the nightcap is between the Patriots and the Vikings. Again, an, another potentially good great game. So, yeah, so everybody enjoy yourself. Uh, have yourself an extra helping of, uh, of turkey and uh, stuffing and uh, uh, take in and binge as much of that football as Eat you possibly can. some of that can. turkey. Ducking. That, that turd ducking. That's right. That old John Madden turd ducking. Uh, and, and be sure to cut it open with the palm of your hand, just like uh, the, the old John stuffing. would want you to. All right. Okay. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to Sideline the Agenda. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to our show if you can. We'd really appreciate it. You can uh, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Uh, be sure to tell your friends about the show as well. That always helps out. And my name is Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. And this has been Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.